Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dole. Good evening from Prague and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow of the History of Germany podcast. Ah, the sounds of the mighty pipes echoing over the Emerald Glens. Usually this mental image conjures up a kilted figure from the Scottish Highlands playing the bagpipes. An idyllic scene for sure, but that's not the case for tonight's destination program on this Bohemian podcast. Every two years, the tuning of the bass drone or the quick step of the piper's attack note are heard through the rolling hills of South Bohemia in the town of Strakonica. Strakonica plays host to one of the premier international bagpipe festivals that draws thousands of visitors to the South Bohemian city. Travis is one heck of a good time, isn't it? Absolutely. From the 12th century castle to the local pivo, beer that is, Strakonica is a unique place in the Czech Republic. Known as the town of bagpipers, I think it's best we start with this well-known festival. Now, the first records of bagpipes in Bohemia come from the 13th century. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah, you know, I think what's what's crazy about this is people think that it's it's specifically set for the 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 English Isles. Specifically, we're talking like you know the Northern Highlands of of of, uh, of uh, Scotland. This is something that kind of catches people off guard that there's hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition of bagpiping here yeah. in in South Bohemia. You want me to give you your trivia fact of the podcast? Let me have it. You know what bagpipe is in German? What is it? Dudelzack. <laughs> Doodlesack, really? <laughs> I couldn't make that up. Oh, I love the German it's language. Too good to be it's, true. it's so romantic, actually. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's got a sweetness to it, doesn't you're gonna, it? You're gonna play your doodlesack oh, there. Doodlesack. Where is that? Is that cats dying, or is Frank over there playing okay. his doodlesack? Okay, and actually, this is a this is a good point. Maybe at some point um, there might be too much bagpipe for, for for a person for an entire weekend. This is not just a weekend event in Strakonica. It is a full week of bagpipe um, aficionados that make the trip from all around the world. So uh, they start on Tuesday during the, during this weekend. They have every, uh, once every two years, and they go all the way to the culmination of the parade and the final goodbye. Um, a bagpipe or bagpipe off, I guess you will. It's it's, it's like a it's it's a competition where uh, all the all the other international uh, bagpipers come in and they they uh, perform and to say goodbye as a thank you to Stakanitsa. So um, a little goes a long way in my personal taste, but it is an epic time. I really have a good time when I go down there every every couple of years. In fact, bagpipes are very old musical instruments played by many nations and not only in Europe. 
But the first records of bagpipes in Bohemia, again, from the 13th century, but the international celebration was only begun in Strakonice in 1967. Today, it is the most significant folklore festival in the world as for its size and quality. No, it, it is it is pretty amazing. You're going, I, I remember seeing just all these different folks coming in, um, you know, just teams of bagpipers from the Middle East, from uh, actually Scotland. Uh, you have people coming in from the Balkans. I, it really is, and it, they're all very different. Uh, they get a different style, they get a different tune, they have different um, uh, costumes that they wear, uh, different cadences, uh, you name it. Some are military-based, some are not. There's actually even a, a rock performance. I think I saw a guy that looked like Ted Nugent, actually, on stage that was just rocking with a bagpipe. <laughs> I didn't know that was possible. So so it, it, it's really a taste for everybody, and I think everybody in the town really gets involved in this. It's, it's, a, it's a, neat, a neat thought. So we mentioned that the, the representation from around the world, of course, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. You have Germans, French, Austrians, Dutch, Scottish, Irish, Hungarian, Italian, Spanish and Turkish musicians that will they take part in this this event. This year marks the return of this international bagpipe festival, uh, so we can only think that's appropriate to take our listeners down to South Bohemia, which is just about an hour and fifteen minute drive south of Prague, uh, down Route Four uh, to get down there. And uh, we like to get our listeners a chance to to visit this interesting city of Strakonica. Let's go right now. Let's go. Okay, Travis, we're here in Strakonica at the International Bagpipe Festival, and it looks like the whole town is here lining the streets near the castle, all the way back to the town square. Yeah, and, and even more. There are many out-of-towners here supporting the performers, and all there are some, like, 14 countries represented, many Czech towns sent dancers and music performers, and many local schools have kids participating in this parade. Yeah, you know, I, I, there is a, a lot of dancing and, and folk um, uh, representation with this, but you know, so far we've seen a lot, a lot of these bohemian folk dancers and a wide variety of bagpipers that are playing and a, a lot of different variations of instruments. Many of them are, are goat bags. You can see that with pipes uh, with either wooden carved goat heads, I, I guess is what I'm seeing here, or actual uh, taxidermied heads of, uh, of goats that are atop these bagpipes. It's lovely. Um, yeah, you, some are kind of a little higher pitched, if you can imagine that, compared to what you know you kind of expect from the from the regular booming sound of like Scottish bagpipes. Really, kind of you know, broad variety and very interesting sounds, costumes and the folk dancing that you know the, the folks marching in front of us. You know, last night uh, was a big outdoor concert that showcased about 10 or so different type of groups. And, and later today, tonight, uh, they're going to have the closing ceremonies at the castle. That will show most of these groups again, but with a longer performance, as we're told. The castle, uh, you know, here in Stakonica is a really wonderful backdrop for this event. Yeah, you can also kind of see the effects of the, the huge amount of logistics and work to prepare for this week-long festival. You, you can now kind of see why they only do this every two years. You know, I, I think, you know, that's right, Travis. I, I think that a lot of these groups have been coming here for years, um, and, uh, and they've, they've, done, they've learned a little bit of Czech to speak to the groups, or, and part of their presentations, they're singing in between uh, playing the bagpipes. So um, I think the crowd really, really appreciates this. And Okay, well, that will do it for us here in the parade rounds. Uh, Travis and I will be heading on into the closing concert ceremonies in a bit to watch more performances. And, and uh, you know, this has really been a, a great, fun day out here in South Bohemia. And maybe it's time for another Dudek beer, Trav. What do you say? Yeah, good idea. And also maybe some roasted pork, something like that. Great food and music here, too. Sounds good to me.
You know, so it's a fun time of parades, concert, food, of course, beer, and it's become a tradition uh, with locals to take part in the celebration, a family tradition, if you will. Uh, but these traditional roots really run deep, Travis. Yeah, and it's also the reputed birthplace of Svanda Dudak, the fabled globetrotting piper of Czech legend. The same legend was made into a book called The Bagpiper of Strakonice by Josef Kajetan Thiel, and later even a successful opera. Is that like a... That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen. Bagpiping is not for everybody. (laughs) But but a bagpiping opera? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Um, You know, we'll get to that in a minute because that that is, because it's part of the traditions and legends that you have at Stokanitsa. We'll talk about uh, Dudak and, uh, we'll talk, well, we'll talk about the opera actually coming up soon. You know, you know Dudak, right? This, uh, if you don't know Dudak, it's the beer that's down at Stokanitsa. I was just going to say, it's, yeah, it's, like it's a, it. it's it's a really good beer. I was yeah. going to ask if you've ever had it, but it's it's actually not that uncommon here. You can you can definitely find it. It's good. I just like it because it has like the word dude in it. I'm drinking a beer. It's like dude beer. Dudak. It's like the dudak. And no, it's it, it is really good. And, and Travis, I you know it's uh, it's something that's very unique to Strakonitsa. In fact, the Strakonitsa Berghers Brewery Miestanski Pivovar Strakonitsa AS. Is the, la- is the last brewery in the Czech Republic to still be owned by a town. Now, now, now let's put a pause on this for a second because um, this is kind of important. Uh, Bohemia was known in the Middle Ages having these repositories of local municipalities that did their own beer right. yeah. throughout the entire Bohemia. You know, and like the, a little town you might have heard of called Budweiser. Yeah, Budweiser, uh, which is Česká Budovice. Pilsen, maybe you've heard of it. Maybe uh, Pilsen Jurkov. Sure. Exactly. Not sure you've ever heard of it. Now these are the big ones that turned into and stayed big and stayed successful after post-communist during but, communism. But it's also yeah, they also got nationalized. Right. So when we say that a municipality owned this, that's actually that's like a pre-communist organization. That's that's what makes it interesting. And and this is very rare in the sense that it goes back even hundreds of years. Yeah. Um, so it is the only one still owned by the town. But, you know, I it's this tradition of, of, of beer brewing has been linked to this rich history on the Ottawa River since 1649. Take that into account there. So the brewery makes beer in the traditional way using ingredients from parts of Moravia and the Jatets area. Yeah, and sometimes they have they have a, a a different kind of brew that that's a little sweeter to the taste as well, um, and that that uh, something they put out during the summer. Um, so they they do have different selections, but you're right, it is it's a, it is a very unique color and taste. Well, Travis, there's one little bit of tradition that we mentioned we have to mention with Dudak beer that's really is kind of interesting in itself, and that is actually the person that uh, that helps run Dudak and Strakonica. The brewmaster, in fact. A brew mistress. That's right. One of the very few that's owned by a woman. Uh, and uh, she is uh, Dagmar Blakova. So you, and you will find uh, Dudek everywhere at the Bagpiper Festival in late August. You'll see the signs. You'll see it sell, you know, sold on the corners. Um, it is a staple of the community and the region. As a matter of fact, if you head across, uh, if you head towards the famous Strakonica Castle, which we'll talk about shortly, Cross the, the Otava River Bridge, uh, and directly on the other side is the distribution hub for the brewery and a glass bottle return area. And Travis, we've been living here for a while in the Czech Republic. Turning in your Pivo bottles for recycling is a, ri- a weekly ritual for most Czechs across the nation. Um, if not daily. If, if not daily. <laughs> if not daily. <laughs> That's actually a true statement. <laughs> so uh, that way you can uh, you know, recycle, you get some money off of what, of what you already paid into for buying the, uh, I was the beer. I going to say, those are worth money. Yeah, yeah. Those are more beers. Absolutely. So we talked, we talked about the bagpipes. We talked about the beer. 
The next thing is something that is extremely unusual that Stadokonitsa is known for. And Travis, what is that? You think it's unusual? I think it's ext- for, for Bohemia? I think it's commonplace as Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, honestly, who doesn't own a Fez hat? That's right. Fez hats. Since the 19th century, Stadokonitsa was a main production site for Fez hats and has also become an industrial center known for its motorbikes and, at one time, handguns. Uh, it was it was the Fez hats that surprised most visitors. At the beginning of the 20th century, Fez hat production peaked as thousands were sent overseas to Turkey and the Middle East. Now, if you don't know what a Fez hat is, it's kind of what uh, you would see Shriners wear in the United say, States, yeah. right? Or or maybe that little monkey. But it's yeah, but, it, but <laughs> or the, the Oregon a, grinder monkey. Yeah, a Fez it's a hat. Middle Eastern Turkish mm-hmm. typical, like Aladdin in you know Disney's Aladdin there wears a Fez. They all right. wear Fezes in that movie. So you I can think. actually buy Fez hats that are handmade in Sarakanitsa even today, and especially during this bagpipe festival weekend. Who do they export them to? I think still Turkey. It's just what I think they still have a lot going to Turkey. You're blowing my mind right now. Are you still walk around with Fez hats I, I'm telling you, I it has happened. I need to get to Turkey I mean, right you know, now. Ataturk, you know, the famous Ataturk uh, in Turkey, the big statue. I think he's got a Fez hat on in the statue. And they change it every day? I'm not sure about that one. <sighs> uh, so, Travis, you know, the, the, the beginning of Fez hat production in Thrakenitsa is kind of misty. It's not very clear. Story goes that a businessman from Linz named Brown, who was doing, who was doing brisk trade with the Orient, visited the town in 1805. He stayed in the alehouse ou bile rouge, like at the at the white rose, and was looking for somebody who could make a fez. The innkeeper brought an expert knitter, Jan Petrash. Brown explained the process of fez production to him. The result was said to be better than expected. That is why the businessman decided to conclude a, a long-term contract with the knitter. Petrash did really well, and very soon he had so many orders that he was unable to meet them himself. Of course, other knitters kind of wanted it on the action and and started producing fezes themselves and the the fez uh, production kind of expanded rapidly. Well, you know, this makes sense because now we're talking about uh, an assembly line of, of a certain extent uh, when you're talking about the, the mid-19th century. So uh, the real breaking point came with mechani- mechanicism. Uh, Jewish businessman Wolf Furth uh, got the first Fez production certificate in 1828. He laid the foundations of industry, making the town famous in many countries for Fez hat production. So random. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's one of those. When you travel to the Czech Republic, if you get a chance to talk to people, if someone can speak English to you or if you can kind of muddle your way through Czech, you can find out these really cool sort of, you know, hidden sort of gems of trivia that you just blows your mind. And one of this is Fez hats and Strakanitsa. Did, did you know we are famous for the Feds? <laughs> the Feds is a hat? I didn't know what, what you're talking about. What the hell? So, you know, when you, when you get to Strakanitsa, you'll go downtown, just shy of the Old Town area, you're going to see on the Otava River something you just can't miss. And that, of course, is the Strakanitsa Castle. This castle is is weighted in history, and it's got a uh, it, it has been a focal point of the town, battles, uh, reformation, uh, and it still exists today. It's pretty impressive to walk around it and in it. So the the region was first settled around the second half of the 12th century. At that time, there was a moated castle on the Otava River, and it was built by the House of Strakonice at the beginning of the 13th century. Now, in 1243, they donated a part of the castle to the Knights Hospitaller of the Order of St. John. From the beginning of the 15th century, the Knights Hospitaller owned the whole castle as well as the surrounding manor. And then the Hussite Wars broke out in 1420, and Jan Zizka occupied Strakonice, but failed to capture the fortress. 
And then in the 16th century, Strakonitsa Castle experienced an extensive reconstruction to a representation residence of the Grand Priors of the Order. Um, today, tours are given through the castle that house a museum on the region, a restaurant, bookstore, and an art exhibit. That's right. And you know, the art exhibit adds photography at one time. It's, it, it changes. Uh, there's an art exhibit there's, uh, of local uh, artisans that also show the, showcase their, uh, their latest works. Um, you know, in, in one thing that really stands out with this is that there's a large pronounced tower you just can't miss in the courtyard that just overshadows the skyline pretty much of, of the downtown Starkanitsa. It really is kind of interesting because that at one time housed prisoners. And uh, because of this, there's a lot of ghost stories and legends that remain today, which is a perfect segue into the legends of Strakanitsa, which there are so, some pretty neat ones. Now, at the beginning of this podcast on this destination episode, we talked about Schwanda the Bagpiper is one of the legends that is kind of connected to this town of bagpipers of Strakanitsa. A long time ago, a bagpiper lived near Strakanitsa whose bagpipes made everyone dance, laugh, and cheer as they were charming his way across the countryside. Once, while he was returning home from a dance in the middle of the night, he sat down to rest. Suddenly, a strange man in black appeared in front of him and asked him if he could play to his friends in a pub. He took him into a room full of men dressed in black. Probably at this point he's going, okay, that's not a good idea. Shvanda began to press the bellows and, and a dance he, had, he has never seen before began. He had never got to so many ducats in his, in his cap before. Uh, that would be, of course, the money that they would throw into his cap. When the happy bagpiper thanked them, as was the custom, the god may pay you off, dear lords. The ground shivered, the lights went off, and the petrified Shvanda was all alone. In the morning, the people passed by, heard the sound of his bagpipes. They approached nearer and saw Shvanda sleeping under the gibbet, which I, we assume is an overhang. Uh, when he woke up, he realized that he had played to the devils and that he had fallen into the clutches of evil. After that, he couldn't take pleasure in anything. Therefore, he went to the castle church of, of St. Procopius and felt immediate relief the moment he hung his bagpipes behind the altar. The enchanted bagpipes disappeared, and every year on the anniversary of the Devil's Dance, they resound behind the altar. This is one of the legends, but Travis, there's another legend that's, that's interesting, and again, this, refer this references the White Lady. If I had a nickel for every time there was a legend about a White Lady from any town from here to Moravia, I'd be a wealthy man. This particular White Lady legend uh, is interesting in itself because it has to deal with the daughter of a Rosenberg, a very famous family in the Czech Republic. If she appeared to the Rosenbergs smiling, it meant luck for the castle's inhabitants. But if she was sad, someone of the Rosenberg family died. In her memory, gruel flavored with honey was handed out to the poor at a stone table in the castle's courtyard. Now later, the owners of the castle, members of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem, altered this tradition a little. Once a year, the day before the Feast of the Assumption of Virgin Mary, which is the 15th of August, the poor were each given a pound of bread, a pint of beer, and a kreutzer, which is a, a silver coin. In 1784, the order put 213 guldens into the city's treasury to establish a land foundation. The site is still called Namedove Kashi, at the Honey Gruel. From this time until the First World War, the city used the Interest yielded from the money to provide help for those most in need. The tradition of giving out honey gruel in the courtyard of Shakonitsa Castle definitely ended in 1788. 
Okay. So, and the white lady has been sad ever since. This is very similar to the white lady legend in uh, uh, Chesky Krumalov, which we did a, an episode, a destination episode some time ago, maybe last year on the Bohemian podcast, where, you know, if she was sad, someone in the, in the Rosenberg family would have died. Um, so, yeah. so, yeah, you know, some of these things go back and forth. But what's kind of good about this one, this particular legend, is that it has a lot to do with helping the poor. And it was something that kind of uh, materialized uh, through religious purposes uh, all the way up until the 18th century, which is kind of interesting. Now, the last legend in Stokanitsa that I think is, uh, which is kind of appealing, is the miracle at the Weir. Uh, on the 22nd of February in 1718, Rosalie Hodonkova, an eight-year-old girl and daughter of the Strakonitsa Castle Warden fell into the weir of a five-wheel mill that was used on the opposite side of the castle. Her rescuers found her under the ice after searching for her for two straight hours. The girl was not showing any signs of life. At a moment, she re- regained consciousness and, completely fit, told them that after she fell into the water, the famous St. John of Nepomuk appeared to her and told her that she would not drown. This supposedly happened right in front of her mother and other villagers' eyes. Strakonitsa, again, I, kind of a, it's a place that's kind of close to my heart. Uh, we've got a family cottage that we, we use that's uh, just about 10 minutes south of Strakonitsa. We drive through it all the time, heading down to Volinia, a little town in, in South Bohemia, where we spend some of our summer days during the weekends. And uh, Strakonitsa is, is a place that we, we go through and... and uh, uh, I think it's 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 a nice town. I think it's it's got a uh, it's got a lot of history, and the bagpipe festival, of course, centers this for for most people every two years. And I'm glad you got a, We got a chance to take our listeners down there to to hear the festivities. Mm-hmm. So we want to thank you for listening uh, to this evening uh, as we toured South Bohemia. I would like to do a shout out before we wrap things up tonight to my co-host buddy Travis Dow. As you know, he hosts the History of Alchemy podcast, and I co-host uh, that show with him. But now he's He's got a new endeavor called the History of Germany podcast, uh, which is also found on iTunes. So, Travis, maybe you could talk real quickly about what you're doing with this. Yeah, so I launched, a, I launched a new show. What's special about it is that there's an English feed and a German feed. So I'm actually translating this and, and recording it in German also. So you can find both those on historyofgermanypodcast.com. Be sure to visit bohemican.com for all things Czech from an American expat perspective. Feel free to leave a message for us on the contact page and rate us on iTunes. We look forward to bringing you more on this great nation of the Czech Republic next time on the Bohemian Podcast. For Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman saying Nasladano from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemian Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com. Or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.